praise the Lord. And uh, but I'd like to put a little shout out there. We got. Uh, I think I said last time was it Brazil? We Brazil is one of our one of our top nations. Amen. Spain, Canada. Everybody say hello, Canada. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How about some cities here? Praise God. We got, uh, of course, our local towns are some of our biggest. John Day's on board. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is some of our um, uh, ones that are probably pulling on us uh, one of the hardest, you know. And uh, I did see a name in there. I thought I'd go ahead, even though there's only about half a dozen folks that are jumping on. But Myrtle Creek. I just saw that. I'm going to give a shout out to Myrtle Creek. Amen. Hallelujah. People jumping on board and, and watching and listening. Praise God. And uh, we give God praise for that. Uh, another state that's involved, Idaho's get, jumping on board. We're getting more and more folks from Idaho. Praise the Lord. So we're pretty excited about that. So we just like to take a little shout out to the folks and tell them thanks for listening and watching in. Praise God. Uh, our heart is to be a blessing. Praise God. And we believe that that's what we're doing. Amen. Amen. Did you come to receive today? Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. We're going to uh, we're going to open up to uh, James four is where we're going to start today. Uh, this all got changed this morning about six in, in the morning here. And uh, we had something else all planned for you. But um, last night we were at uh, uh, Deer Ridge at the uh, correctional facility there and ministering, had a great service there and and uh, uh, meditating on some of the things that I that got said uh, last night. This morning it was kind of jumping in my heart and had a kind of a little bit of a shift and um, kind of to plug into some things that we've been talking about on Sundays. We have been talking about identity and uh, the reason being the Spirit of God before the year end, He'd said this, that I want my people to begin to identify with their identity, who they are in Christ, who they've been made to be, praise God, amen. And so we have, you know, each week kind of come at it from different angles, been talking about everything from uh, the importance of revelation and seeing things as God uh, made you to see, praise God, opening the eyes of your understanding about who you are and, and about removing ignorance and unknowing in our lives. Come on, right? Because that's a problem sometimes. We just don't know. Some people just don't know who they are. Amen. Uh, we also talked about uh, things, of, uh, last week talked about distractions and the importance of avoiding distractions and how much that can get in there. Because it's just, you have to understand, that's the way the enemy's just trying to sneak in. Trying to knock you off of who you are and where you're headed, amen, by different things. And one of those things, of course, was distractions, amen. I think I spent one week even talking about your mouth. I mean, your mouth can get you in trouble sometimes. Come on now, I know it just only... Maybe I'm the only one that deals with that. Uh, come on now. That mouth can get us in trouble. So, you, you know, you can go pray one thing and then turn around and say another, and all you did was negated your prayer. Come on now. So we don't want to be doing that. So anyway, I've been kind of coming at it from different angles. And today uh, um, I'm going to use this verse out of uh, uh, James 4. It says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now there's three, uh, three parties involved here. Okay, you got God involved here, you got the enemy, and you got you, you and me. And uh, as we've been saying pretty much every week, um, you know, that, you know, a lot of life's situations, a lot of life's questions uh, can be answered just with a revelation of who your God is, who your enemy is, 
and who you are. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just throwing a number. Of course, there's no way to be able to determine uh, determine this uh, for uh, for accuracy's sake. But I'd like to say that I bet 90% of life's problems could be resolved just by knowing those three things. Because there's a lot of things we sit here and we spin our wheels because you don't realize you have an enemy. And there's a lot of times you're spinning your wheels because you're pointing your finger at God, blaming God for things the enemy's doing. Come on, somebody. Well, there's a lot of times you're waiting for God to do something when God says, I've given you authority to do it. So we, we don't know who our God is. We don't know who our enemy is. We don't know who we are. And so what happens is we're going along, just bumping along in life, coping with life as it comes, and, and that ain't fun. In some cases, it ain't fun at all. Am I right? So we've been trying to, to arrest that and, and deal with that and, and bring that uh, you know, to, to light so we don't remain ignorant of these things. Uh, now, here we go, the three, three involved again, God, submit to God, resist the devil, and what happens? I say, what happens? You know the enemy ain't going to flee unless you resist him. If you don't do your part, then he just keeps coming and taking. Now, maybe, maybe, we, maybe we should do here just real quick, you know. Uh, God's good. Devil bad. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant, right? So he's a giver of life, but he said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he takes life. So, you know, you got you to get that settled. You know, the enemy's bad all the time. God's good all the time, right? Come on, right? You know, the enemy's the, uh, you know, the oppressor. Jesus is the healer, right? Uh, you know, uh, the enemy, uh, you know, is the, uh, is the deceiver. Jesus is the bringer of, of truth, come on, or light, we could even say, right? Right? I mean, we can go on and on about, about you know, how the Scriptures define who your God is and who your enemy is. You don't want to get those things mixed up, right? But now, here we are. We're, it says, submit to God, and then it says, you have to resist your enemy. So, in other words, God says, you know, I'll, I'll show you how to do it, but you got to do it. See, sometimes we don't, we don't conquer anything because we don't confront anything. So, you know, we don't resist, so it never desists. You still with me? So we're, we, might, we might love God and know one day we're going to heaven and, and uh, you know, we might raise our hands at worship and, and we might say amen at the dinner table and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's all wonderful. We're not taking away from any of that. Uh, but we never stop long enough to resist our enemy. But because we don't know who we are or who our enemy is, he goes on, he steals and kills and destroys. You think your wife's your problem. Your wife ain't your problem, son. I thought I'd get a little amens out of the wives here today, but maybe not. Uh, your husband's not your problem, wife. Thank you, men. A little slow here today. Mercy. I said your wife is not your problem, men. Your husband's not your problem, wife. Uh, your kids are not your problem. Your employer is not your problem. Nah, okay, don't get ahead of me. Now I'm preaching here. Not gonna... You get your turn. I'll get mine. Hallelujah. Donald Trump is not your problem. Government's not your problem. Those Democrats ain't your problem. 
Those Republicans ain't your problem. The Tea Party's not your problem. I better mention a few more, maybe, I don't know, a few more in there. The problem is, we can, if, you don't, if you don't know who your enemy is, and you think flesh and blood's your problem, flesh and blood ain't your problem. You do have an enemy, though. And uh, he tries to slide in any way he can and manipulate and maneuver and get you all worked up. Do you know that you're not your problem? Now, somebody said, no, 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 I, I think I am. <laughs> uh, there, you, might be, uh, you might be used once in a while, and the enemy kind of has an inroad because of maybe some of the choices you might have made. There ain't no doubt about it. But when you really stop and think about it, when you know who you are, Amen. Who God has made you to be, you're not your problem. Yeah. But see, if we don't know these things, we sit here and strain and struggle, get mad at ourselves, get mad at, uh, at God, get mad at our neighbor. In the meantime, the enemy just keeps taking. But it says we submit to God and then we resist the enemy. Amen. And it makes it clear who the enemy is, the devil, right? So resist the devil, and what happens? He will flee. Sometimes the reason we have to understand he's not fleeing is we're not resisting. Now, it's not complicated, but you, as a child of God, if you know who you are as a child of God, been made in his image after his likeness, and you walk now in dominion and authority, you can stand your ground and say, back off, devil. Shut up, devil. Get out of here, devil. Right? Somebody says, well, I don't want to antagonize him. Listen, he's, he's going to take no matter what you, what, you know, no matter what you try or what. You just have to understand, if you don't do your part and say, get out of here, he ain't going to leave. Are you still with me? Now, I preached my whole sermon in five minutes. But you ain't getting out of here yet, so just wait. I'm sure I can find something else to preach here. No. Praise the Lord. So the word submit means to be subject to, to yield, or to be under obedience to. I looked this up earlier today. Another word that came up, subordinate, was a word that used in there, and it just means under administration. I mean, I'm sure there's other things there too, but one of the synonyms, that's, or synonyms is what it brings up, you're under administration. So here we are as a child of God. Everybody say a child of God. Child. Okay, so you're a child of God, which means, and he's the one you submit yourself to, which is means that you're under an administration. Okay, so we are subject to God. Come on. So first and foremost, what he's asking, you notice he didn't say resist your enemy, then subject yourself to God. Because, see, what happens a lot of times, see, that's the other side of this thing. Some people are, are, are warring against the enemy, and they're doing some things in vain. And like Paul says, you're swinging as one swings in the air, but you're not making connection. So what happens, you wear yourself out, and then pretty soon you're quitting and giving up, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's what ends up happening. So we get tired, we get wore out, and the whole time, if we first and foremost, it starts right here, with a sum, submitting to God, come under, come under the right administration. I thought that was a different way of saying it today, right? That, that works, right? See, we're, we're of a whole different kingdom. 
we're of a whole different realm, and sometimes we forget that. But it starts right here, and it starts first with submitting ourselves to him. Why? Because first and foremost, you get your marching orders. Because he'll explain to you how to deal with the enemy over here that needs resisted. Because you may be saying, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, he may tell you one thing. He may just tell you, confess this. Make a confession of faith about this. Or use the name. You know, I've had people say, it's all about the name. No, it ain't. No, it's all about the blood. No, it ain't. Let me say, it ain't. Because he may not lead you to use the blood on this situation. But there are times he'll lead you, use the blood. Plead the blood. Speak the blood over your household. Amen. He may tell you, use the word of God. Use the verse. Speak it. There are times he may tell you, praise God, take the name of Jesus and declare him and render him useless. Amen. Or render him helpless or whatever. And he'll give you. There are times he may say, start praising me. Well, I didn't want to hear that one. Well, sometimes just praise, the word says it'll silence your avenger. Well, somebody said, then it's all about praise. No, it isn't all about praise. It's all about submitting yourself to God and then get your leading. Come on, right? It works better. Then when you get some successes, you get some notches on the belt, so to speak, praise God. It's always nice to get some victories. Anybody else with me on that? Now, praise God. So we first and foremost, we submit ourselves to God, but then we always have a part to play in this because there is a God that's on your side and there is an enemy that opposes you. Okay? So we go to God, we get, amen, our marching orders, and there's something else we're going to get here in just a minute, but we go there and we get, amen, empowerment, we get our marching orders, amen, we get confirmation, hallelujah, we get whatever it takes, praise God, that we need to turn and resist. Well, the idea to get empowerment from God and to resist your enemy is so you can move forward. Otherwise, we're not moving forward. Otherwise, we're, we're spinning our wheels as children of God. A lot of Christians just spinning their wheels. Come on. And just hoping for, for him to come back soon. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's no doubt going to heaven is going to be, I'm sure, much more wonderful than what we're experiencing today. But if you're just, you know, get me out of here kind of mentality, then you're, you're missing on all that God has for you, all that God has for your household, all that God can do for you. Sometimes we're not experiencing any miracles, any signs or wonders in our lives because we're not doing anything to open ourselves up for that. Are you still with me? So it, it's, it's first and foremost starts with submitting to God. With me? All right. Now, the promise is if you then resist your enemy, he will flee. I looked it up just in case because, you know, maybe it means something else. But it means that. It means he will run away. It means to vanish or to flee in stark terror. I like that one. I like to know that he's, you know, fleeing in stark terror when you stand and oppose him. 
Come on, right? All right. Now, let's, uh, I'm going to kind of come at this. This is what kind of jumped at me today. That right here in your, um, on your lap, at least I hope you all got a Bible. You got a Bible? Okay, now what you got here is your credentials. How many know that to be true? It's uh, your identity papers. Are you with me? Your bona fides, come on, documents, however you want to word it, references, all, all the stuff here tells you who you are. Um, now, one of the reasons that, and this is what jumped at me this morning, one of the reasons of going, uh, you know, submitting to God is because your father, all your identity comes from the Father. It all comes from the Father. And, and by the way, uh, fathers in the house, your kids' identity come from you. Somebody said, well, what about, you know, single moms? Well, then you pray that God will bring the right people in their, in their pathway, and you just pray that they connect real good with the Father God. Right? I'm just telling you. Everything you see across Scripture is the child receives identity through the Father. That's why we have, because we have a fatherless society, we have a lot of issues. We've got a lot of people out there without identity. So they do whatever it takes to try to, Whatever, and we have nothing but trouble, nothing but chaos. Feel with me? Yeah. And that's all scriptural, by the way. I mean, scripture even talks about, uh, you know, uh, being fatherless. And, and, but it talks about in the last days, one of the things that would be restored would be the fathers. I believe that. Right, Rick? You with me? You with me? I believe that. So I believe there's a, a, a restoration then of identity coming to our young people. Still with me? Now, we're older, and maybe you grew up without a father. Now, uh, you can't use that excuse anymore because you now belong to the father. Come on now. Because, you know, I, we, we all kind of grew up, uh, you know, I grew up in a generation where, uh, you know, uh, dad brought home the bacon, mom cooked it. You know what I'm talking about? And it was just the generation. So, so basically, uh, the kids, uh, you know, for the most part, were taken care of by mom, and and dad just made sure he brought home the bacon and and did his part. And and that's you know, there's there's some some powerful truth to, to that. But but what happened even in that generation that maybe wasn't um, absent as much as it is now, they still maybe didn't know enough to father. And outside of the, you know, outside the word of God, outside of God Himself, it's hard to be a true father. Come on now. Now you think I'm meddling. I'm not meddling. We're just, this is just, we're just saying here, see, that's why we go submit ourselves here. Amen. Not only for our marching orders, but there's a confirmation in a sense that happens, a confirming. Of who you are. Because when you turn to resist your enemy, it's not just about having just marching orders. You better know who you are. Because all the enemy have to say, when, he, when the Spirit of God might say, use the blood and you speak the blood, and the devil looks at you, you kind of look, kind of step back, kind of look in your eye and go, yeah. <laughs> You don't know who you are. No. I ain't leaving. 
You better know who you are. Well, without time spent with a father, you might struggle in that area. So one of the things that happens, you know, the word says, Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit, amen, that we are children of God. There's something about when you tap, tap that, it, it begins to reveal who you are. Revelations 1 brings out about the eyes of understanding being enlightened, but before that it says that the, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the God of glory, is revealing things, showing things. Amen. So you got to spend time with the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus, the Spirit Himself, come on somebody, to receive some things. Still with me? Listen, we got a lot of Christians spinning their wheels because they're not sure who they are. Now, they might have, listen, they might have mental or head knowledge that when the pastor says, you're an overcomer, you go, well, yeah, amen. Well, how many know you got to have more than just mental or head knowledge? Now, it starts with the renewing of the mind. We're not taken away from that, but I want more than just head knowledge then I'm an overcomer. I got to have something revealed. Remember what Jesus said to, to Peter? Peter, you know, had, had the, 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 the opening. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living. He said, whoa, way to go, Peter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He had some whoop whoops. So anyway, he said, way to go. But he said this. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But the father he, said, he literally said this, my father who is in heaven revealed that. And he said this, he said, now on that, see the gates of hell can't prevail against that. So you got to see something, the father revealed something, showed something. See that when he turned to resist, see now the gates of hell can't prevail. Still with me? Can't prevail. And then he said this, I'm going to give you keys of the kingdom. What do you mean? Keys of what? Well, I'm going to show you what you need to do. I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to show you how to unlock that, how to lock that down, how to open that, how to shut that. Amen. And he says, then whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose. So remember, it's still, you can't get away from doing your part. So submit to God, and you then resist your enemy, and he will flee. But you have to do your part, but it works so much better when you're over here, amen, put yourself under this administration, so to speak, come on now, and let him speak let him confirm, let him reveal, let him empower, let him, amen, show you how to do it. Are you still with me? But now that's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, at least a couple minutes. And that's the struggle sometimes. It's like, doesn't he know I'm busy? Doesn't he know I got a job to get to? Doesn't he know I got a family to raise? 
Doesn't he know I got to get food on the table? Come on now, Martha. Come on now. Doesn't he know I just got way too much on my plate. I ain't got no time to, to give any attention to this. Well, then what happens, the enemy comes in. He's going to continue to come in and continue to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, Jesus said this, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. He's really good at it. Are you with me? All right. Let's look at some things here. Let's see. Where do we want to go? Because my notes are completely shot. So let's do this. Let's go to 1 John 4, 4. Put that up there. How many remember this verse? 1 John 4, 4. You are of God. You are first of what? God. Little children. And you have overcome them. Overcome them? What, what is he talking about? Well, in context, he's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist in the world. And so everything of that spirit in the world that opposes you, and how many know there's a lot of it? How many know not everything in the world agrees with you? Not everything in the world gets behind you and backs you up? Come on, the most of the stuff in the world is trying to oppose you because it's anti-Christ. And you represent Christ. So you just have to understand, okay, without getting a complex, don't, don't get all worked up and say, what did I do to him? You, you already made a decision for Christ, and now so Mr. Antichrist is coming after you. And he comes except to steal, kill, and destroy. Somebody says, well, you're scaring me. Well, then you better get over here under an administration that will empower you Reveal things to you because if you're scared, you don't know who you are. If you're worked up and worried, you don't know who you are. If you're panicked, you don't know who you are. So you're going to have to come over here, connect yourself, Amen, with God the Father, because you're a child of God. And as you come into this, what happens is there comes that confirmation that you are children of God. You are a child of the Most High. The other day, I don't know, just, you know how you jump around things and maybe on your iPad or whatever, and this pops up and that pops up, and I kind of like sports stuff, and and, uh, you know, sometimes NASCAR things and, and uh, you know, I kind of get off on some of the weightlifting and that kind of stuff. People that, you know, just, it's just cool. People that are good in their trade and just kind of, and I seen a thing on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, that dude looked good. He's a little older now, but he looked good. And he's got this boy and, and uh, I, you know, due to whatever, and I'm, and I'm sure these you know, I don't know where they're at. They could all be as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. I don't know where they stand in the Lord. But they have a picture of his boy, and there was no denying that is his son. <laughs> Nobody can say any different. He don't have to do no DNA tests. They look at him and go, whoa. Anybody like Clint Eastwood? Quite an actor, you know, back in the spaghetti western days, all that kind of stuff. And he always is kind of almost the king of one-liners, you know, you know, and go ahead and make my day, you know, 
kind of thing. And, and, uh, but he has a son. You look at him and you go, no mistake. That's his son. Or you just look and you go, that's his son. No mistake. You say, where are you going with this? Well, the enemy ought to look at you and go, that's his son. No mistake. Amen. Don't, 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 don't just take a look. And just see, anybody that knows who they are, when they step away from, from right here because they know who they are, it's like they turn and got the eye of the tiger. And the enemy, all he has to even just kind of do is just look at you and go, I think I'm on the way out. <laughs> Amen. He ought to be able to look at you and know that. Now, I know that he can look at you and know that because when he opposes you, we're going to find out whether you believe it or not. And if you know who you are, that means you do believe it. Come on, any believers in the house? Yeah. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. That's the first thing it mentions. We will cast out devils. First thing it mentions. Why? Because he, all he has to do is look at you and go, ooh, you're of that family. I've already had trouble with that family. Right. And now you're a part of that family? Yes. You know, the Word even says this about the enemy. Are we okay with all this? Am I boring you know, with all this? The Word says this. If the enemy would have known, look at it, he would have known what was going to happen. If he would have known, he would have, it literally says this, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If he would have known, but he was in such a, you know, hurry to get him out of the picture. Come on, somebody. And, of course, remember, he didn't, you know, it didn't happen until he was ready to lay down his life because the enemy couldn't had nothing on him up till then. Couldn't stop him one bit. But when he laid down his life, he took it down and he took him out. And then all of a sudden, he's got now thousands to deal with. The word says that you're, he's, the, he's the firstborn of many brethren, which means there's a secondborn and a thirdborn and a fourthborn, and a one millionth born, and a ten millionth born. Are you hearing me today? Now the point is this, okay? We're of that family. Put that back up there if you win. Uh, what did I tell you? First John, that's it. You are, you are, this is identity. You are of God. You are of God. You're a part of that family. You're a part of that administration. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. All that that opposes, no matter how much of it's out there, that opposes what you stand for, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. In other words, the one that's in you is Far greater than anything that's out there. Right? So you come over here now and you get your marching orders and you get your confirmation and your empowerment. We can go on and on. Grace is found there, right? Leading the Spirit of God. I mean, we, I mean all uh, the, the witness and the uh, direction and all the stuff is there. We go, we get that, we turn, we resist. It flees. We move forward. Somebody says, well, that was fun. You bet it is. And it's even more fun when you do it every day. But a lot of times we do this. We go, turn here. 
he flees. We go, whoa, we decide we're going to have a party. And we bring everybody in and say we're having a party because we got a breakthrough. There's nothing wrong with testifying. we got to testify. We'd love to testify. Hallelujah, because you overcome the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. Love not our lives, even under death. Hallelujah, glory to God. Okay, enough. Get back over here. Well, you got a victory. Of course you got a victory. And there's so many more victories ahead of you. Right here. It starts with yielding, submitting, amen, coming under the administration right here so he can lead, guide, empower, direct, amen, so you can turn and be effective in your resistance of the enemy. Can I hear a big amen? Why? Because greater is he who is in you, right, than he who's in the world. Amen. Greater. You with me? All right, let's look at another verse here. Let's do this. Let's do, um, let's do Romans 16 and 20. I know we'll jump back up there, Matt. Let's go up there a little higher. Take that verse. And the God of peace, that's good to know. He's a God of peace. Now, that doesn't mean he drives around in a Volkswagen bug with a flower on it. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you have one, that's wonderful. Whatever. Hallelujah. But we're not talking about, you know, somebody hanging out on the beach and, and with a surfboard and going, peace, brother. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to go peace, that's great. If you want to have a surf, you probably like surfboard, don't you? Did you ever do surfboard? No. I never either. So. Yeah, you water skied. That's right. So, I mean, that's all wonderful. But we're talking about a God of peace. This is the word Irene, okay? It's the Greek word, the same word we use in Hebrew as shalom, which means wholeness, completeness, but it means nothing missing, nothing broken, everything working, right? It speaks of, it brings in uh, order in the place of chaos is one of its definitions. So the God of peace, so the one that brings order in the place of chaos, the God of peace says will crush this is a promise. We'll crush. Now, how many know this is after the resurrection? Right. This isn't talking before. This is, this is the, one of the last verses in the book of Romans, one of the epistles to the church, right? So the God of peace will crush Satan. Can I hear a big amen? amen. But that ain't over with, is it? Under... Your feet, under your feet, shortly, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, amen. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Okay, so let's take a look at in the light of everything we've been talking about. So where does it start? Submission to God. Now, in this case, he defines him as the God of peace. Praise the Lord. We, got, we can go all through the scriptures, all the different names of God, the redemptive names of, of God and of Christ. All that we, we, take, we can do that all day long, and we have fun with this all day long. But right here he calls him the God of peace, the God of order in the place of chaos. The God, amen, where in whom nothing missing, nothing broken, everything worketh. Right there. So you come in here, bring yourself, amen, under submission, yielded, amen, under this administration here where nothing is missing and nothing broken. 
So what happens is and you take what you have and you have to go over here and squish him like a bug, it says. I think some translations even say that. No, no, I don't. But he's under your feet. Now, according to Ephesians 1 again, it brings out, makes it real clear, Jesus is the head, we're the body. Come on, and he's putting all things under our feet. The feet, now this ain't no, you know, maybe anatomy, uh, is that the right word, anatomy class by any means, but, you know, and I probably would have never really totally passed that class, but I do know that the feet are connected to the body and not the head. Just, you know, that I know. Anybody else with me on that? Am I right? Okay, thank you. It's good to get the, I got the, got the star on that one. All right, so the feet are connected to the body, and the head, amen, is also connected to the body, amen, but on the other side. You got the head, you got the feet. Listen, I'm not trying to be deep. But if you're going to crush Satan under your feet, amen, if, it's going to get, if he's going to get crushed under your feet, then somewhere along the line, you have to get yourself from this place over to here and do it right to where you're effective, where he gets under your foot and stays there. So the God of peace, amen, is the one to empower you, direct you, guide you, so you can turn and go squish. Saw some videos last night of, I guess uh, down there in, uh, is it Africa? Is it Africa or is it? I think it's Africa. Um, all the epidemic right now of uh, uh, locusts running through there. Got videos of these guys just you know doing this like in their fields and they just <laughs> guys driving down the road. <laughs> Matter of minutes, they can't see out their windshield. Yuck. But when it's the enemy, woohoo! Squish. Well, there's a lot of people. And after a while, you get wore out. I just did that that far, and I can, I'm a little winded. A lot of people are doing that, trying to get the enemy under their foot. And he's running around like some locust, jumping from here to there. You're chasing him all over, trying to step on him. And God says, would you come over here? You're embarrassing me. No, no, I, I didn't say that. But anyway, the point is, come on over here. Let me show you how to do this so you can catch that bug once and for all. Put him under your foot. Amen. Amen. See, it always starts with coming under, right? Let the God of peace reveal, show, direct, guide, so that you can turn and squish the enemy like he's supposed to be. Still with me? Listen, there ain't nothing complicated about this, but you do have to take the time, and you got to do your part. Come on. And it first starts with submitting yourself to God and then turning and resisting. God will not do either one of those things for you. He will not do that for you. He will not make you come to him. He will not make you receive Come on, and he will not make you resist. 
He won't do it. That's not his part. He'll do his part, and he's got 100% success rate. He's never failed. He's never made a mistake. He's never somehow got his counsel off. He's never overlooked something. He's got 100% success rate. We just can't get everybody to go and hook up with the one that has 100% success rate. He won't make you do that. But he's always available. Always. Always available. So if you will do your part, come over here and, and submit yourself here. Amen. And then turn and do your part in resistance. It works every time. You have the promise of the word, amen, that if you submit yourself to him, you resist your enemy, he will flee or be squished like a bug. Promise. It's a promise. Say, well, he's not fleeing, and he sure as heck hasn't been squished like no bug. Then we're either not resisting like we're supposed to, or we haven't went over here and got empowerment, leading, and as we've been talking about today, a confirmation who you are, a confirming of who you are. So what happens, he goes on and continues to ransack. He, now listen to me. I'm telling you, I don't know how this is going to totally go down. We all have our opinions, especially us preachers. We all have our opinions about this kind of stuff. And so we, we, might, we could be off, possibly. I don't think I am, but some of these other guys might be. But... No, we've all probably, you know, just have our opinions on things, and that's this. Somewhere along the line, we're going to be made aware when we, when we cross over, we're going to be made aware of the fact that we had a whole lot more authority than we ever exercised. And the Scripture says this, that obviously it's going to be said, and probably has already been said, He's the one. Pointing our finger at that, he's the one that made the nations, you know, panic and freak out. He's the one that stole. He's the one we let him control us. That's going to be said. So I don't know how it all goes down. I don't have all the logistics of that. I just know somewhere along the line we're made aware of the fact that we had a whole lot more authority than we ever exercised. Now, the more we spend over here, right here, under, under His authority and dominion, talking about the fathers, okay, for those that are just listening, the more time we spend submitted to Him, the easier all the rest of it works. Now, again, the idea is not that we spend our whole life, go here, resist, go here, resist. The idea is we have a race to run, we have a course before us, and if we don't get our course done, what does that affect? Because our lives are about influence and affecting the lives of others. So if we're not moving forward in what we should be moving forward in, we're too wrapped up in our little world that's going chaotic. What happens is that what, what else doesn't get done? Now, maybe I'm the only one who thinks, I don't, I, I, to me, I, 
what, what doesn't get done. Now, I'm not saying this to get you all worked up and, and, and now go out there and try to fulfill everything in your own strength. Please don't do that because you just get wore out and then pretty soon you hate anybody that looks like a Christian. It's a fact. It happens all the time. I'm wore out. I'm tired. Well, you're not over here. You're not doing this first. See, it doesn't change the fact that there's a race to run, there's a course set before you, there's a cross to bear, there's still things that have to be done, but it's going to work a whole lot better if you first submit yourself to him and turn in and resist your enemy so you can move forward. Am I boring you today? Let's try Ephesians 6. Put that up, Ephesians 6. We're winding down here. Finally, my brethren, talking to you and me, be strong, where? In the Lord and in the powers of my. Well, how do you do that? Well, kind of what we've been talking about. It's the only way that happens. And the only way you can get, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is you're going to have to, you have to come under that administration and let him do that. Come on, right? Okay, so that's, that's wonderful. That's where it starts. Verse 11, please. You doing okay? Okay, put on uh, one or two of the pieces of armor. Okay, all right. Put on what's comfortable. Put on what makes you look cool. Well, I want to look like Conan, so I just take the sword. Well, it, it might look a little cool for a moment until the enemy slaps you upside the head. Now you're not looking so cool because Conan just got knocked down. And that is not how we make movies. I'm going no Conan movie if he's going to get knocked down all the time. We put on the whole armor of God. Well, a, you know, your belt, you got to put on the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, you got your uh, shield of faith, your helmet of salvation, grab the sword of the spirit. These are all things that you need. Why? Because over here being strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you're putting on what he tells you to put on. Now you turn and you resist, right? Put on the whole armor of God. That's what this text says, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles or the scheming, the plotting, methodia, the way, the methods, the way he does things, how he manipulates, sneaks in there, maneuvers. Come on, somebody. The word says don't be ignorant of his devices, his head trips. That's one of the ways he gets in. Come on. So he's got ways, and what way he gets in with you might be just your kink in the armor, and the way he gets in with you might be your kink in the armor. But regardless, he's trying, he's got a methodia, he's got a way to sneak in. So you got to have all the armor on so he can't get in, because then you're able to stand, and later on it says, withstand against the wiles of the devil. Whew. Why? So you can move forward. So the, the implication on this is, without the armor here, we're not 
or we may not be able to withstand or stand. Is that right? Okay. Let's, let's try another one here. Let's just do it. We'll try one more. Let's do uh, 1 Peter 5. Let's try that. Am I boring you with this today? All right. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Where does it start? Under the mighty hand of God. And it starts here with humility, which just means to submit oneself to yield or to come under. So it's saying the same thing, just another way of saying it. Humble yourself, where? Under the mighty hand of God. So that's where you start. That he may, what? Exalt you in due time. In other words, he's going to lift you up in due time. You're going to come up out of this thing. I said, you're going to come up out of this thing. But it starts right here. In due time, you're coming up out. The promise is you're coming up. That's a promise. In due time. Starts here. Okay, verse 7, please. Casting all your care upon him. Now, why is it? Why do you think? Let's back up again. Let's go verse 6 again. Let's try that again. Let's just try. Matt, you're wonderful. Give Matt a hand clap. What a blessing. That he may exalt you or lift you up. In other words, you come under, you submit yourself under the mighty hand of God that he can lift you up. In due time, I wonder what determines due time. Well, I believe verse 7 helps with that. Because part of it is, if you're going to beat your enemy, you're going to have to learn how to cast all your care upon the Lord. Because he's the one that cares. He's the one that's got your back. So those things that are getting you all worked up and worried and, and fretting and, and uh you know, all kind of anxiety and all that kind of stuff. He says, you're going to have to, when you come up over here, you come under here, you humble yourself. That's going to be part of what you, let's, let's cast that mess down because you're going to turn now and try to resist your enemy and he's going to beat you senseless because he's already in your head. So you're going to turn and, and try to tell the devil to leave, and he ain't, I ain't leaving. Well, you have to go. No, I don't. And you're going to go, God, you're, ah, you better get back over here and figure out who you are. Remember, I've used this story, uh, remember Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, that man raised, they say, I think it was like 21 or 23 people from the dead. <laughs> raised from the dead. I mean, that still happened in his day. And uh, he, uh, one of the situations, I think it was more than one, but the one situation, I think it was even in, uh, it was either in a bedroom or hospital room. And uh, he took that lifeless body and threw it up against the wall, commanded it to live, and it slid down. <laughs> Picked it back up put it against the wall, said, live. <laughs> now, most of us would try to sneak out right about then thinking, maybe I shouldn't be in here, right? <laughs> Not Smith. He knew he, was, he knew who he was. He reached down, I said, live, Boom, up against the wall. And that boy, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, 
Most folks are going to turn to the enemy and tell him to go, and he's going to say, I don't have to. You go, Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Well, a preacher told me you were supposed to. How many know he doesn't leave because the preacher told you? He's got to leave you because you know who you. Come on. And if you know who you are, he's got to get up and go. And the first time he back talks, you slap him upside the head. So he don't back talk me. Get. Now, you get your own story, but don't get your own picture. But the bottom line is that enemy's supposed to go. Now, if he's not going, you either don't know who you are or you didn't get your marching orders. Now, you can get back here and you got to find out what you need to do here to deal with this. Instead of just hitting and missing, and do your little shotgun shoot. You know my story of shotgun, right? <laughs> First time somebody took me out shooting says, let's go shooting. Give me the gun. You know how to use it? Sure I do. I saw the movie. So a bunch of us high schoolers are going out. We're going we're gonna, to you know, do a little trap shooting, you know. And so we're out there outside the creek and out going. And I, I just pull that gun up in my hip and just went, screaming at me stop what are you doing shooting (laughs) yeah we need to train you (laughs) praise the lord nobody got hurt right so they trained me now not a bad shot now but took a little training come on somebody but you know a lot of christians that's what they're doing they're looking over the table going And he's over going. <laughs> so it pays to get over here. Save your ammo. <laughs> save your strength. Save your energy. Come on. Get your marching orders. Amen. Get yourself confirmed in who you are. Amen. Get it established. And then you turn. Amen. And you deal with it. Why? Because you've got a race to run. You've got a place to go. Got things to get done. Still with me? I don't know if I got all the way through that text. Did I get through that text? I don't think I did. Let's just read the last verse, I think. Be sober, see? Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one, he says he walks about like one. And according to Proverbs, the enemy's teeth have been knocked out, so he's a toothless, old, roaring lion, or acting like one. But he's seeking whom he may devour. The only people he's going to devour is the ones that let him devour. So in this text, it says, too, to be sober, be vigilant. Now, don't lose sight of everything else we've already read here. But to be sober means to not be under the influence of anything. That's why a lot of times that's a word used, like when uh, an alcoholic he's, or somebody that drinks, he says, well, today I'm sober. In other words, today I'm not under 
the influence of that alcohol. Come on. It's the same thing here. So the enemy is trying to pull you under. Come on, somebody. And you've cast all your care upon the Lord, so you're no longer now under the influence of those cares or the, the, the enemy's pull or the enemy's manipulation or the, the roaring that he might do in the background. Come on, somebody. You won't come under that. See, if you don't come under the influence of that, you got him on the ropes. All right? And then be vigilant just means to be watchful and aware. So this is, see, you, see, the whole time you read all these things, you find out that God has a place, you have a place, and the enemy has a place. If you come over here and start right here, submit yourself here, you take your authority and dominion here, and you put him in his place, and he will flee. Amen. Amen. So, and he may not devour. Look at your neighbor and say, he may not hear. Praise God. Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. Come on now. I appreciate you letting me uh, do that today and and uh, just kind of felt like that's what we had to do today. So praise the Lord. So why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we'd uh, let the cameras keep rolling today too again. And... Um, um, all right, Father, we just give praise and glory right now. We're thankful for your word here and thankful for these principles and, and these, uh, really just these insights today, maybe giving us a clearer view of what's, what's going on behind the scenes, so to speak, or in the unseen, maybe a better, better way of saying it. And I thank you for a people, Lord, that are choosing first and foremost to, to yield to you, to submit themselves to you, to draw from you. And as they do that and walk in who they are, they will resist the enemy and he will flee. We can get the enemy out of our lives, out of our families, our marriages, our health, our finance, all these areas that get affected. And as we do that, praise God, we can accomplish what we need to accomplish. And that's our, really, that's our, that's our goal is to see things get done so we can one day hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. We want to fulfill what we need to fulfill. We want to run the race that we're called to run. And I give you praise that this is a people that will do just that. Because there are people submitted to you and a people that know how to resist their enemy. And I give you the praise and the glory for that. If you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, boy, we'd like to introduce you to Jesus. We'd like you to meet our Savior and Lord Jesus. If you're here today and you've never done that and you'd like to do that, I would be honored to pray with you. I'd be honored to uh, just to walk you through that. And, and uh, the Bible calls it to be born again. So what we'd like to do is introduce you to Jesus so you could be reborn, so to speak, be born again into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. Amen. A whole new family. You become a whole new creation in Christ. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. So if you're here today and you say, I've never done that, but I'd like to do that today, boy, I'd be honored to pray with you. So if that's you today and you don't mind me praying for you, I'd like you to raise a hand where I can see it. I'd like to go ahead and do that. Got one back here. Anybody else in here today? Hallelujah. All right, all right.
real quick here. Let's look. I'm going to take a look right here at the cameras, and I'm going to give the same opportunity to those that are watching and those that are listening. Now, as you heard just a minute ago, we want to see you do the same thing. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Receive him into your life. Confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart that Christ raised, or that the Father raised him from the dead. This is what it's about, making Jesus Lord. If you haven't done that, I invite you to make Jesus Lord of your life. And if you do that for the first time, amen, I'd like you to let us know about it. Amen. Get in touch with us. Let us know what happened. Praise God. Amen. Can you all say amen to that? Amen. amen. Come on up here, brother. Praise God. Come on up. I'm going to pray with you, Jamie. Come on up here. Now, Jamie, I know that you've made Jesus Lord of your life at one time, right? Amen. But I know, too, that sometimes, you know, we just need something stirred up in us again. Amen. And come alive in us again. And we're going to believe God with you on that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let me pray with you. And then I'm just going to have you and everybody else join us in prayer. Sound good? Sounds All right. Father, I just give praise and glory right now for our brother Jamie. I give thanks, Lord God, for the great things you've already began in his heart and in his life. And, Lord, we give you all the glory for that. And, Father, we're thankful, praise God, that uh, the Word says we can be confident that the good work you began, you will finish. That's what we want. We want a finished work, praise God. So we give thanks and honor for all that you've done and doing. But, Lord, we also give thanks for what you're about to do in his life. And for that, we give you praise. Jamie, and we'll just have everybody join in. Just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I confess you as Lord. And I believe in my heart that the Father raised Jesus from the dead. My Lord and Savior, alive. My God, I receive you and I accept you in Jesus' name. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. For that we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God, brother. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.